0: Hey y'all, this is Chris Roth here with Bushido Squirrel with your weekly knock activism wrap-up. Today we're going to be talking about the massive number of early votes coming in across the state of California. Our usual coronavirus update, the sadly predictable overuse of force by the LAPD against revelers last weekend following the Lakers victory. Uh, More shit about the sheriff, of course and a depressing update on one of the largest environmental disasters in california history that took place just south of downtown la over the course of decades and if we're feeling energetic we might even talk about the absolute bullshit coming out of the Root campaign as a treat but first things first how's it going bushido
1: it's going all right uh it's been uh it's getting crazy with the election um yeah i'm (laughs) You know everything is is just crazy especially now because nobody knows like what voting cycles are going to look like like generally you kind of know where it's going to crescendo and like when most people are voting uh and you just don't like this time and like the other thing and so it's cool that all of our elections are now are now aligned and like on even years when there are other like federal elections happening but that means there's a lot of elections on the ballot like the amount of democracy per ballot now is like a lot more <laughs> than it dense. used to be it's pretty and dense. it's really overwhelming for a lot of people and especially in la where there's 88 different cities and like just crossing a street you're in a different jurisdiction so um it's been uh it's been interesting um but anyways uh i was gonna say uh you've been keeping busy yourself chris what have you been up to uh
0: you know, same old stuff as usual. Uh there was uh, an incredibly depressing uh, city council meeting on Wednesday. Uh basically Wait, the the jazz is going there we go. Is it it's is it too much? Eh <laughs> It's there in the background. It's it's it the jazz is lower on uh On the output end of things, but, um, sorry about that. But yeah, the, uh, on Wednesday we had a city council meeting that was, uh, very depressing, especially for me having been uh, a part of the people's budget LA process for, you know, since it, since it got started, um, basically the, the, the big motion that was introduced, uh, right after the, you know, 10,000 people showed up at the doorstep of Garcetti's house, um, that original that that motion that was introduced by uh, Herb Wesson and Nuri Martinez and literally like two thirds of the damn council uh, yeah. finally made its way from uh, you know it, it went off to committee. They were on this recess for two like what was it four or five weeks or something like that. It was like all of August yeah, they was, were out. Um, yeah, it, but it finally made its way through. It went through the the police the ad hoc committee on police reform and then it went. To the full mm-hmm. council for a vote, and basically what had come out of that was uh, an extraordinarily watered down version of a request. It was it was a report back uh, from staff for the creation of a request for a proposal for a pilot yeah. of a program.
1: Yeah, but and, and this is also <laughs> the one that relies heavily on nonprofits and stuff. Also correct, right? and like also, this wasn't fully like the city doing this. It was the city like we're going to outsource this to a non-profit or two and we'll see how they do and they're really going to suck at it so we'll just forget about it after that
0: oh yeah and also lapd gets to be involved in the creation process of all of this
1: Um, Well, and the thing is, like, what's weird about this is we've been down this path before without the city's approval, like, at least in this way, where, like, PATH used to have on-call people for, like, emergency situations. There used to be that capacity amongst some of the more well-funded nonprofits, and then they stopped doing it because they were overwhelmed, and it could absolutely not continue to provide that kind of service. Like, it needs to be provided by the state across the entire city and county of Los Angeles— uh, it needs to have adequate infrastructure and it needs to have funding and it needs to not be the goddamn LAPD. Um, yeah, but, but if you listen I feel to... like we've said this a lot, Chris, we, I we feel have. like
0: we absolutely I feel have, like they, the... they
1: get told this a lot, too. I feel as though listen. they should know this, yeah, but they
0: don't listen. So and on top of all that, like the really depressing thing was that Herb Wesson and Nuri Martinez. You know, and...
1: hold on. You know what? I, I'm going to say this. Um, and I, I mean this being a divisive <laughs> radical. Uh, and I mean this as, as electorally as possible. This is purely an electoral statement, but one of my favorite horror animes has a line if it doesn't hurt, they never learn. And so I just want you to consider that when you like fill out your ballot and like sign the back that like, you know, this is a symbolic punch (sighs) at the kidneys of concentrated power and, uh, that that's how you should vote. Fair enough. I
0: mean, so the really disgusting thing about Wednesday was that if you listened to the rhetoric that was coming out of the council members, uh, the current council president, the former council president, and everybody fucking else that was involved in this, they made it sound like this was earth-shattering, world-changing, you know, trailblazing, everything is going to be different now. Oh, my Frank, God, aren't we Frank amazing? Stoltz
1: was very – Frank Stoltz was very excited by it. So, you know, it – it's got to be good, right, Chris? It's oh, got to be good. It was it was, it was, was so deeply,
0: deeply frustrating because it was, it was like, look, y'all watered the shit out of this thing. You watered yeah. it down so much to the point where it's like almost ineffective at anything. I mean, I'm still hopeful that more will come of this. But in order for more to come of this, we're going to need to get rid of a bunch of people out of that chamber. I mean – I think that once Wesson is out cuz he's termed out and he's done here in December regardless maybe there will be more desire to actually take the steps take the concrete steps to make these changes rather than to just claim that we've made the changes when we haven't but yeah. I don't fucking know what's going to happen well, anyway, it was super depressing yeah so. let's,
1: yeah well so let's let's uh let's sort of move on uh to
0: what's been it, going on in so this actually ties in nicely to what we're about to go to because... Yeah, uh, that's, that's what I was going to do to it. What the, the later in the day, uh, I got to feel like uplifted because I went to the Jackie Lacey Must Go protest, which turned into a let's march to a ballot yeah. drop box location. Uh, and so yeah. we had a good like 50, 60, 100 people, probably more than that, actually, lined up and dropping off their ballots. And apparently... That's a thing that a whole shitload of people across the state of California have been doing over the last week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're up to what? We've got three million out of the 21 and a half million ballots that are sent out. More than three million have already been returned. Uh, yeah. the, the, the fun breakdowns, cause I know you wanted to focus in on this last week, although I'm now mad at myself because I've you know, this I've been, you know, I've been, I've been
1: doing a bunch of lit drops and what I've been seeing because like van and PDI and PDI is where we're getting this data. They're a firm that collects like voting data and then sells it to campaigns and like nonprofits to like yes. use for, for targeting and for campaigns and all that fun stuff. Uh, but it, what I've seen on my walks is Ah, uh, boomer Democrats are definitely like the most likely to have the little, like voter symbol next to them, like that they've already voted. their their vote's been received um, pretty much across the board. Um, and I've only really been canvassing Democrats and, like greens and then people who are like, no party preference because I'm not going to like, I, I'm not going to knock at a GOP door. like they're not they're not going to. They're not going to care about rent control. It's nope, just they're not going to care about rent control. Time. So anyways, this, what I've been seeing on the ground before I get distracted, uh, what I've been seeing on the ground is tracking with the data that PDI is showing us. And I, I always like it when my anecdotal evidence is, uh, confirmed by larger data trends.
0: It's nice when that happens, isn't it? So yeah, we're the yeah. PDI has, uh, this tracker, which we're, validation. It, it is. So we're going to link the tracker in the description of the show notes, uh, Uh, They're showing so far uh, 14 percent of the total ballots that have been sent out have already come back with something like 17 percent of Democrats already having voted compared to just 11 percent for independent and 12 percent for Republican voters. Uh, We're also seeing, as you have seen, uh, that it's overwhelmingly the boomers, those 65 and over who have voted so far, a full 25 percent of the boomers who are eligible to vote have already done so. Uh, and that's just like, and that's like, but they're also.
1: But let's let's point out that they're not as big a demographic as they used correct. to be. Correct. So they're proportionally in who's voting right now. They're real big. But when yeah. you look at them compared to all the other age breakdown, they're oh, actually. Yeah. I think the I think they're third, right? Uh, they no, they're I think they're, the they're plenty. are bigger. <laughs> Yeah. So like there's there's a They're lot last. more of us than of them is what I'm gonna say. Woo-hoo! Um and over representation by certain demographics, yep. especially billionaires and older billionaires, uh is killing us, so let's let's not let them win this.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing something like eight percent of the youth uh turning out so far, which is the eighteen to thirty four year olds. Only eight percent. house! But so but young, six that's there's still six million votes uh that are, are are out there so uh when it comes to like what percentage wise we've got four hundred forty-seven thousand, and some returns have come in from the youths so far the boomers uh have already turned in 1.2 million votes uh it's absolutely wild so if we can get the youths to vote Uh, We will win this, but right now we're at pretty dismal turnout. But to be fair, it's also like there's still another couple of weeks left. So we'll see what happens. Um, It was interesting because the LA Times actually ran an article on Wednesday that was highlighting this surge in early votes, just like what PDI was announcing when we did our podcast last week quote, election day is more than two weeks away, but more than one million Californians have already returned their mail-in ballots, according to the state, an amount that ma- marks the most ballots collected by mail at this point in any state election. Nearly half of the mail-in ballots come from Los Angeles County, Woo-hoo! where more yep. than 435,000 voters have already responded, according to the LA County Registrar Recorder's Office. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> the GOP, uh, let me actually, There's I've, oh, before I jump to the GOP shit, Um, I thought that this is going to be interesting. Bushido, can you explain to people what is going on with this graphic here and, uh, what we should be taking from it? Or am I putting you on the spot and I'm being, no,
1: I mean, it's this, this is the same thing we were saying. Like, uh, down here we see it's the, the fucking boomers are outvoting everyone and that's bad. Uh, the Democrats are outvoting, uh, independence and the GOP, which I think is kind of good for the moment. Um, because there's a lot of people like me, like I'm no party preference. And there's a lot of people I know that are on the left or like the center left that are no party preference or undecided. Um, the thing is the fringe groups on the right, like the American independent party, which by the way, Kanye. Not in Kanye, so, uh, but they're more on the right, but their voters tend to turn out more reliably. So. It's going to be kind of weird to see which way that sort of, like, segment of of, um, NPP goes, but I think they're going to swing left, at least in the city. Um, And then the rest of it, like, you know, it's white people and it's old white people that are voting, and that's that's not the best trend. Um, (laughs) Correct, correct. So uh but yeah and then like let's talk about so the gop has put out these fake ballot boxes
0: before that i was going to point out i've actually got the cd4 return so far so you can look at the returns for the nithya raman and david ru race see that see that spike
1: hey that's really fucking weird (laughs) statistics that's what a a professional statistics doing person would be like that's really fucking weird but that clearly but that clearly shows like a whole bunch of fucking people in CD four got their ballot. I'm going to say voted for fucking Nithia, like as hard as they could all at the same time. And like, just blew that out right Hell there. Yeah. Cause that's the only thing. And like, I can't, I can't see down here, but I think it's going to track with what I was saying, where it was like millennials that caused that spike. Right. Uh, let's see. So by
0: age group, um, that is, yeah, I believe that's the millennials that did that big old spike yeah. there. Um, right before course correcting right back to where they were before.
1: Uh, well, I mean, that, that means that some ballot parties and stuff like there were, I, I think, several hundred or several thousand ballots that all got dropped on the same day. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's cool. They all got processed together. The yeah. System so works. yeah it, we're, we're looking
0: it, at like it created, s- it's like 7,500 millennials and like yeah. uh, 7,500 like pre boomers, Gen Xers. Uh, eighty three hundred boomers pre-boomers. and six thousand of the youth. Ouch! Yeah,
1: the pre-boomers. You're not a pre-boomer. You're still millennial.
0: Are you? Yeah, you're I
1: am. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm like the oldest possible year. <laughs> I was born in eighty one, and I jealously guard that. <laughs> and I have people I went to high school with are like, no, I feel more Gen X, and I'm like, you, you are that. <laughs> if you think you are, whether you can or you can't, Chris, you're right. Or whether you mindset. think you can or you think you can't, you're right. A uh, anyways. Uh, da, 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 da. So, that's uh, yeah, because this is going to be a long one. So we got to like yeah. we got to move on from this. Yeah. 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 Um, So uh, the GOP has been putting out fake ballot boxes, not necessarily fake completely as much as like sort of illegal and in defiance of a court order, based on a court ruling that GOP people don't like because it allows somebody who's not an immediate relative to turn in a ballot for someone as long as it's signed in the right way. And so the GOP is exploiting this loophole to put up these ballot boxes where they'll be the one to turn in your ballots to the state. Uh, And I mean, I don't really know what the point of it is on the surface level, like it seems really stupid. What they're doing, though, is they're basically telling – well, they're basically telling the rest of the country, the rest of the states, like all of the, the GOPs across the state and the national party, hey, we're never going to win another election of any consequence in this state, ever, 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 ever. But we have some really wealthy ghouls here. So what we'll do is we'll raise a shit ton of money here that we're going to send out to y'all in the states that we need to defend, the Kentuckys and the North Carolinas and all of that bullshit. And so basically the the California GOP is basically like playing dead here and trying to do dumb shit to get itself free press, yeah. uh, which Javier Becerra was happy to give them when he did an entire press conference talking about this and how like they're not doing what the judge told them to do. And just like Mayberry versus Madison all over and all over again and like just dumb process oriented bullshit. Uh, what he didn't do was get some bolt clippers and take any of these down the GOP eventually were like okay we'll play nice and bersera backed off yeah. after they'd raised a shit ton of money from crazy conservatives who were like yeah I'm a law and order type fuck the California Secretary of State you're like <laughs> that doesn't
0: what wait bushido are you trying to say that some some republicans are hypocrites
1: No we... I mean it I mean, no it may <laughs> Makes perfect sense like in the context of their fascism because yeah, the yeah, State, like the People's Republic of California is not a valid politician or like a valid yep. position. It's because the rule they're, of law like,
0: unless they disagree with it. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: exactly. So anyways, they uh, they got slapped down for that bullshit, and Javier Becerra just gave them more earned media because he's a dipshit. Uh, we'll talk about this later, but one thing he didn't hold a press conference on was have the state of California rolled over on the fucking Exide plant. So Javier Becerra will take like 90 minutes out of his day with Alex Padilla to bitch about Republican electioneering that everyone already knows about because it's been on the front page of the LA Times. But what he won't do is take five fucking minutes to be like, oh, by the way, this battery plant that was poisoned, Visiting people in South LA, yeah, they still get to do that. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. So, um, but I, I'll <sighs> yeah. about that one later. Um, anything the, else? Should I read the little uh,
0: excerpt from the LA Times about the uh, the GOP ballot uh, boxes?
1: No, I think it. we covered pretty well. That's yeah, we don't. Yeah, it's it, it's really dumb. And like when it the is. California GOP does dipshit stuff like this, like you just don't pay attention to them. Like that—that that Simpsons where all the mascots come to life, and it's like, just don't look, just don't look, and uh they get a shit. I'm I'm blanking now, but they get the the jingle guy to make it jingle, and the monsters get ignored, and then they go away, and that's how you treat the California GOP. Like <laughs> it really is a rotting, fetid, like corpse on the side yeah, of the road. The death and rattle. like you don't need to rubberneck that. Yep. Um. So, yeah, Uh, let's uh, let's do our let's talk about coronavirus, which is another happy thing. Uh, Uh, And, uh, yeah, the the country as a whole has surpassed like two hundred ten thousand dead in the shortest period of time ever in American history, I think, or at least in this century. Maybe since I think since the Civil War, I'm going to go with the Civil War, because like some of those body counts of the Civil War were really high because like penicillin was not here yet Correct. but uh we are seeing it looks like spikes in europe and like just america in general has been seeing like a decent number of cases emerging again um shockingly on the heels of us all opening everything up and a lot of states cramming the plague children back into the learning factories so let's uh let's talk about california <sighs>
0: Yep, there we go. So as of this recording, we are now up to 874,450 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the state of California. We had 2,077 new confirmed cases yesterday, which was a Saturday, and uh, we're up to at least 853 today, which of course is the slowest uh, reporting day of the week. Uh, And that statistic was from 2.38 this afternoon. Uh, We're up to 16,977 deaths in the state due to the virus, 36 of them yesterday. Uh, Our seven-day moving average is just over 50, uh, which is just deeply depressing. Uh, This whole thing its just like we're still dealing with this. And then when you look back at the fact that we didn't – I mean, we flatlined it basically for the state, but it's not going down anymore.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's stagnated. Good. It's not rising, but it's Correct. it's stagnated. And it doesn't. It does seem like it's kind of ticking up again, at least in daily cases, right? Yeah, or it's been staying... basically. Yeah, there's
0: more. There were there were more higher spikes last week than there were the week before. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see this graph trend. This graph trending in the upward direction again uh, next week when we record because. We're going into the flu season, and this is like everyone is getting lazy as shit about their uh, PPE situation, and that's going to have devastating I th- consequences.
1: I think one thing, and this has been, you know, I think more of a concern for the East Coast than it is here in California, but as it gets colder and people are yep. going to be inside more, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to maintain social distancing and even if you're wearing a mask if you're inside with somebody there's still like a better chance of catching it like staying out of enclosed areas with other people is kind of clutch um but in california again like we don't we don't have a lot we it doesn't get as cold here in like la and even in the bay area it's not you know generally snowing or sub-zero we're not chicago correct um
0: but if you listen to uh, Boeing, then you uh, apparently one yeah, of the was, safest places to be is on a 767 or wait, so seven sixty seven, and so hold on, you you actually
1: like oh, study oh no. that no. stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering, like, so, so when when you're asked to when you're asked to write that report, are you <laughs> no? I'm just kidding, but yeah, but so like, what what is your honest opinion of, of that coming out when, when uh, you read that? Were you like you know. I believe this or are you like, you know, so I really I'm,
0: don't believe this.
1: I'm much more inclined
0: to, to believe the information that came out of the Department of Defense because they like have a vested interest in keeping people that they're transporting around alive because it's expensive for them to kill their soldiers or for them yeah. to, to put their soldiers like out of commission and into quarantine for two weeks because that, that that's not good. The problem is that like the testing that they did, everything was static. There was no – there was no movement around, so there was nothing that was perturbing the airflow, other than uh, the the uh, air collection and uh, and exchange systems. Uh, so it, it didn't factor in what happens when you know your your local uh, GOP senator decides to take his mask off and he's eating and he's a super spreader, and it doesn't take into effect all of the like anybody else who, would, like pulls their mask down to like take a drink of water, gets up to go to the bathroom. All of those kinds of things introduce a new set of variables that simply wasn't accounted for at all in these studies. So I think maybe it's accurate when it comes to transporting the troops. If you basically tell the troops shut down, uh, sit down, shut up and don't fucking move. Do not take your mask off. And you give them like orders to do that versus like the civilian population of people who are going to be traveling in a very different set of circumstances. Like, I'm not yeah. like, getting on a plane anytime in the near fucking future. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody that I know. If you do, please, for the love of God, like mask the fuck Yeah, up. no, you
1: got to. And you like you, you need to isolate after you like get back. And like even when you get to your place, unless like, yeah. like I went to see family. So it was like, okay, I'm only here for four days. So, but when I got back, I did the whole five day thing, get a test wait until I get the clearance on the test. But like, even then I still stayed away from people for like yeah. quite a bit after the test, just to be sure. Cause the tests aren't always accurate, but anyways, uh, yeah, flying is not good. Uh, the no. economy is, should be shut down and we should all be uh, paid in order to survive this. And also just, you know, move right on to fully automated gay space, luxury communism. Yes. And in celebration of that, uh, the people oh, took well, to the streets we, we, we of downtown the... Los Angeles. Oh, we didn't. We didn't do Los Angeles Damn. County yet.
0: Sorry. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself. Uh, <laughs> the county of Sorry, LA. No. It, it, it's fine. We, 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 get keep going up, we keep going off on these tangents, and I keep forgetting where I am in the script. It's all right. It's all right. So we got 288,451 confirmed cases here in LA County. Uh, as of this recording, 923 new cases yesterday, 6, and 76 deaths so far in the county due to the virus seven of them yesterday 13 so far today we're averaging right around 13 14 somewhere 15 uh every seven days uh when it comes to the icu beds we're not really any worse uh noticeably than we have been for the last couple of months here in la county and when we're looking at the grand totals uh la county is you know yeah it 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 spiked. It, we're we're always bigger, but we're a county of 11 million people. Like this is we're just going to be that way. Uh, Imperial Kings and Kern County are all doing much worse uh, per capita, yeah. uh, along with a number of other small counties across the state. Um, but uh, we're number one, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's, no, I mean, it's the one thing that L.A. has been struggling with is uh, getting the number of cases per 100,000 under one. Um, And that's been. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of those counties were on the verge of reopening completely. And I know the state has rejiggered the the guidelines multiple times to kind of loosen them up uh, for various circumstances. But uh, we're not going to see the end of this one for a while. So uh, now we are going to move on. Yes. And uh, we are going to talk about—so I was going to make a joke about the people taking to the streets of downtown L.A. Uh, to do communism, but they're actually there to celebrate the Lakers' win. Correct. Uh, but they also came up against a very not-happy-to-see-them-there LAPD. So let's uh, talk about this. This has gotten coverage like nationally because, well, when the Lakers win, this sort of thing always seems to happen. Um, but it also hasn't happened for a while. It's been a—it's been a decade, I think. I'm not really a—I'm not really a sports ball person, but it's been a while since they got a ring. And I guess like, the iPhone jokes about um, what's his face, uh, LeBron James, are no longer relevant because he has a ring now. He may have had one before. I'm not really sure. He's, Again, he's, not a—not a sports person. He's—he's he's won other things. Um, but uh, here in LA, uh,
0: things kind of got out of hand. So. Um, just for a little bit of context with this, uh, on, so this, this all happened on Sunday night, the Lakers won the championship. They are now the world champion, uh, for the NBA, which is ironic that we call ourselves the world champions, considering that we don't play with any other countries, but whatever. Uh, we do the same thing with the world series and we, we like it that way. Um, I guess technically Canada's in there, but whatever, we're getting into the weeds. Um, the point here is that uh, fans took to the streets to celebrate in downtown LA, and having, you know, I live just a, like four or five blocks away uh, from the Staples Center Convention Center area where all of this was going down. So it was uh, fucking chaos on on Sunday night. Um, yeah, Kevin Rector, who is the police reporter, or he's out, he's got the police police beat for the LA Times, uh, did some really good really good reporting uh, in the LA times uh, four days after this event went down. This was published on the 15th and basically he, he, he breaks it down uh, really pretty well. And before I play this clip from Sam Braslow, who everyone should follow because uh, Sam is definitely one of those reporters out on the street, proving, uh, you know, capturing what is going on um, from Kevin, Quote, the injuries Sunday add to a growing list of people hurt by LAPD hard foam and other, quote-unquote, less lethal projectiles, as the LAPD calls them. Police say the weapons are an effective way to disperse crowds that have become violent. But some of the claims made by police about the weapons, that the rounds don't, quote-unquote, penetrate the skin, and that officers don't aim at the head or other sensitive body parts, are coming under growing scrutiny after a series of incidents over the last few months, some caught on video. The cases have brought calls from activists that the Los Angeles Police Department Stop using such weapons for crowd control, and have placed pressure on the department to explain the injuries. So, before I continue, uh, let's go ahead and show this clip here of uh, the LAPD definitely not aiming uh, at a reporter's head/slash phone in his hand because, um, yeah, this. Is... Yeah. See that that guy literally? I'm gonna play it again. Yeah. Uh, you can literally see the cop. On the far left side of the video, bring the gun yeah. up to eye level, aim it straight at Sam, and shoot. And it knocks the camera out of his hand. So here we go. This this guy right there on the left.
1: Boom. Yeah.
0: Holy shit. Yeah, no, so, you can actually,
1: you can see the, uh, you, you can see the trail of smoke and the little uh, burst of flame as it comes out the muzzle. Yeah,
0: it's absolutely it's wild. Uh, yeah, so... Um,
1: uh, going back to the article, and when from... I say when I say it was a pretty good shot, I don't mean the cop. I mean it was a pretty good, like <laughs> very well
0: recorded. shot by Sam yes.
1: the reporter. Like it, it, was a very cool, like set of video frames that he recorded. That that was a very bad shot by the cop. Uh, um, the, the fact, that... but it's also something we've seen like repeatedly. Though Absolutely. this is again, it's not like I, I feel like on some level we're becoming a little bit um,
0: repetitive. Uh,
1: inundated with yeah. this. Well, no, we're just like you become desensitized yes. to it. Oh, absolutely. After a bit. And it's harder for it like to matter as much. Yeah. Um this one was a little bit weird though because this was definitely one of the larger gatherings of people that we've seen in a long long while downtown. It was also yeah. way different uh, than a lot of the other protests that have uh brought out the police. Correct. Um that didn't seem to stop the police from being any less violent, perhaps even more so. They seemed to be a lot more arrest happy uh, on Sunday night.
0: Yeah. So from what I understand, the the uh, the violence like people didn't start like, chanting fuck 12 and, you know, pelting the police with any any kind of projectiles or anything until after the police got violent themselves in the way that they arrested an individual um, in yeah. the Pico Figueroa area. Um, but continuing back from the article that Kevin wrote, quote, an investigation by the Times into police force at Mass. Uh, protests this summer found multiple examples of people having, uh, being badly wounded by the weapons with bloodied eyes, uh, head wounds, damaged testicles, among other injuries. Uh, the continued wounding of people in crowd control situations has become, uh, has come despite litigation over the use of projectiles and settlements that re- reigned in the police, forcing LAP and the city to agree to stricter protocols for how and when the weapons are used. Note that those protocols exist, but the cops don't seem to give a shit. Um... There were a couple of there, – there were three uh, main stories of injuries that were covered in Kevin's story, uh, and the the most devastating of which is uh, William Gonzalez. I'm not going to show you the images because they are extraordinarily graphic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, quote, when the hard foam police projectile struck 22-year-old William Gonzalez in the right eye as he celebrated the Lakers NBA title in downtown Los Angeles on Sunday night, it shattered his eye socket – ripped apart his tear duct and quote unquote exploded the eyeball itself. Doctors said the Kobe Bryant Jersey that his brother Michael used to staunch the bleeding was immediately soaked as Michael dragged Gonzalez through the streets, trying to find a way out of the chaos quote. My brother grabbed me and said, run because they were still shooting. Gonzalez said Tuesday one day after the extensive reconstructive surgery. Um, it's, absolutely brutal to go and look at the, the images of what happened uh, to William Gonzalez and and the devastation that that has caused to his face and his, uh, the future of his life. Um, like it is just absolutely gory and horrific. Uh, another victim of police violence was uh, Manuel Barrientos, who is, quote, a 25-year-old part-time photographer lost eight teeth and part of his lip when he was shot in the mouth, his family said. Quote, he turned around, stepped out into the street to take a picture with his camera, and that's when he felt something hit him, said Barrientos' his mother, uh, brother, Jose Meza. Uh, quote, when, we, when he looked down, he saw a little piece of his lip on the floor, and he was dripping blood from his mouth. And I just, that, that made me cringe yeah. just reading it. Um, the third victim of the police violence that was interviewed by Kevin Rector of the LA Times uh, asked to remain anonymous as he is considering taking legal action against the city, uh, which I'm sure he will, and I'm sure he'll be awarded something. Um, Quote, he and his partner were watching the festivities, but steering clear of the, quote-unquote, particularly rowdy people out there, when he, too, was struck in the face, causing a laceration across his right cheek and factoring a bone around his right eye. Quote, I was completely blindsided, the 34-year-old downtown resident said. Um... This is some fucked up stuff. And one of the other things that before we move on, because there's some other really just gross shit that's been going on. um, I wanted to show this quick clip from Alexis Olivier Ray, who is truly a, a, a a treasure of the city of Los Angeles. Uh, He was down there and he was documenting what was going on. Um, And so just for like a little bit more perspective of what the cops are doing, even when they're not fucking shooting people in the face, with uh, rubber bullets. So just pushing this guy down work, hits his head and Absolutely. So it's just like everything is so absolutely fucked up when they're out there doing this. Um Fuck you, LAPD. I, I yeah. genuinely don't know what else to say.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's the same tactics we've seen over and over again um, and just no, co- like no concern whatsoever for the people that are there or how to break that up. They did say, they didn't accuse a lot of people of looting stuff. Um, but again, that's something we generally see after the police begin yeah. getting aggressive. Like we don't see a the crowds. The yeah, well, it's, it's the you know, when people get caged in, when people get, like, set upon, they tend to act out. And for the most part, left to themselves, these protests and even these kind of actions would not escalate in the same way, and there's, like, a better way for the police to control and wrangle and, like, channel that energy. And I probably not even for the police. Like, in order for that to actually, you know, work, you would have to be... A completely different set of people that don't have guns and, a, a you know, visceral need to establish order and dominance over everyone. But um, let's move on and talk about the sheriff on that same uh, that same <laughs> talk, yeah, topic topic, um, because he. Uh, is now really under fire with the Civilian Oversight Commission uh, making some very bold demands. And then also Measure J is on the ballots for November. And if Measure J passes, it would significantly reshape the way in which uh, the county is able to do law enforcement and prison operations. Um, And this is on top of the fact that Villanueva has had a lot of his budget held back by the county board. And they're talking about holding back more. He's facing multiple lawsuits and subpoenas he tried to uh have the in in uh inspector general there we go tried to have the inspector general arrested for doing his job uh it's Jesus been Christ. a keystone a cops affair kind of for a while and now the the uh LA uh sheriff's department twitter account has basically just become uh the pro alex uh twitter account um and it's it's very weird to see, uh, but yeah, let's talk about this. And then um, I guess we can talk a little bit also about like why recalling or getting rid of Vill- Villanueva isn't enough without Measure J. But uh, yes. let's uh, let's dive into what the uh, the LA was. Uh, sorry, the LAist was reporting on. For sure. So this was uh, Frank Stoltz from uh, LAist.
0: Quote: In a significant erosion of support for Los Angeles Sheriff Alex Villanueva, the Sheriff Civilian Oversight Commission. Thursday called on him to resign as leader of one of the largest law enforcement agencies in the country. Commissioner said the sheriff had obstructed oversight at nearly every turn and failed to address major problems of the agency, including the existence of the quote unquote deputy gangs. The commission's yeah. resolution describes quote, a serious lack of judgment and leadership by Sheriff Villanueva and decries quote, his efforts to block meaningful reform. It also says Villanueva has restricted access to the department by the county's inspector general. Uh, they didn't I, I quite go into the whole, like, tried to arrest him thing, but whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then I, I also uh, wanted to point out, so I was listening to NPR when I was driving around on one oh. of my walks. Yeah. And uh, it was Frank Stoltz and one of the civilian oversight commissioners, whose name I'm forgetting, but she's also a law professor at LMU. Cool. Um, and— when they were talking about what they're going to do after this kind of like call is made for Villanueva to resign and Frank Stoltz was like, you know, what are you going to do up until the divorce? And the commissioner was like, no, 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 we're divorced. This is like living with your ex. (laughs) The job now is to get them out of the house. Like the decisions (laughs) made it's over. This isn't, Oh, we might get divorced. We're divorced. And now he's got to go. And Frank was like, no, but you still got to share the same house. And how are you going to work together? And she was like, yeah, no, he's just got to get out like that's that's working together is is him leaving like we we need another sheriff and that's where Holy we're going. I and it. I thought that was pretty amazing. And I think like I don't think she speaks for the entire commission. She's definitely one of the more liberal commissioners and like yeah. more to the left as far as left as you can be as like a, a police commissioner in the city. Or this county. But I think there's some real momentum that, like, we need to get rid of the sheriff by hook or by crook. The problem as – well, you know, we'll get into that one later. But, yeah, so the the there's a, at least one voice on the commission that's like, get this guy the fuck out. So
0: Love to see it. So has uh, also pulled a couple of the more salient bits out of the resolution. So let's just run through those really quick. Number one, Sheriff Villanueva uh, needs to be removed from the Sheriff's Department Constitutional Policing Advisors – or, sorry – Sheriff Villanueva removed the sheriff's department's constitutional policing advisors. He removed these people who are supposed to you know, tell him what not to do while at the same time attempting to rehire deputies who were fired for cause such as fabricating evidence and domestic violence. Uh, our, our, our favorite. Um, oh shit. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, Mondoyan. Mondoyan. Yes. That piece yeah. of shit. Um, Number two, Sheriff Villanueva alleged without proof that the disciplinary process was, quote unquote, unfair and deactivated the disciplinary proceedings against deputies accused of using excessive force and committing child abuse. What? Number three. Violent deputy cliques or gangs continue to operate within the department, particularly in the Compton and East Los Angeles stations, despite Sheriff Villanueva's claims that members of these cliques and gangs have been disciplined or reassigned pursuant to Sheriff's Department policy. Inspector General Max Huntsman has said that he is, quote, aware of no implementation whatsoever of the policy and that his office can't effectively investigate the secret societies, quote, because of the obstruction of the Sheriff's Department, end quote. This is just damning coming out of the yeah. civilian oversight commission. Absolutely fucking damning. Well, and they, I, I,
1: we we gave them we gave them subpoena power uh, an election ago, and that was a really really good thing. And I since then, are. the board is also like the the county board of supervisors has moved that, to give them even more power to back them up to provide them the resources they need to really oversee the department, and that's a really good thing. But at the same time, and we see this in L.A., is having a well funded and well oiled police commission doesn't necessarily mean that the department gets any less violent or gets necessarily any better in its service to the community. Like the L.A. Police Commission is many, many things, but it's not like a dysfunctional or underfunded or underserved branch. It still Uh, doesn't do anything but apologize for the police. Like they have they have a lot of the same powers that the Civilian Oversight Commission now has. and They had those powers before the Civilian Oversight Commission. That doesn't mean LAPD hasn't been shooting people and doing all the stuff we don't want them to do. So what I'm trying to get at is like, there's a limit to how far these reforms can take us. They're still necessary, but getting rid of Villanueva and then allowing things to go back to the way they were under McDonald and Baca doesn't really get us anywhere. Like we need to move forward in this defunding while we move forward with these reforms. Like it's gotta be both.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and and then that really touches at the heart of the matter. Like this is something that having been in conversations where people are talking about what would it take to do like a recall of the sheriff, for instance, like that kind of an operation. Yeah. There's there's a lot of interest in doing that because this individual, Alex Villanueva is a particularly like loathsome, like rhetorically monstrous individual. He is an absolute piece of shit, but if you remove him and you replace him with someone else, you still have a shitty sheriff in charge of a really shitty department and you're not actually fixing the problem. So we need to like, this is a situation where it's like, we're not worried about the baby with the bathwater. It's like the whole fucking thing has got to go and preferably the highest window available, but getting rid of all of this is the only way we're going to be able to really like meaningfully uh, attempt to rebuild the kinds of infrastructure that's necessary in this, in the County to support the communities that have been historically disenfranchised and disinvested uh, from over decades and decades and decades. And so, that's why Measure J is so fucking important and it's so good. So tell everyone you know to go and vote for Measure J. And if they got any money, kick it over because the sheriff's uh, yeah. the A-Lads, the Association of Los Angeles Deputy Sheriffs, uh, the Alads are spending millions of dollars and the sheriff is is. Throwing all his bullshit too, I'm sure he's going to be going on Tucker Carlson and spouting a bunch of shit about this too.
1: I mean, at the same time, it's it Measure R proved very popular. Correct. Yes. Um, there's been a lot of momentum behind this stuff. Yes. Uh, Prop 47 was a real, you know, sea change in the way that, especially Angelenos, think about police reform and the way that we we do this stuff mm-hmm. um, on a state level and a local level. So I have a lot of hope for Measure J. I'm not trying to like. I really don't know how things are going to go, but I think Measure J, especially in the county of Los yeah. Angeles, is almost a sure thing. But I'm not gonna, I'm not oh, gonna God, count those so. chickens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, like, if I think, yeah, I was just gonna say if there there
0: are two, three, four, four things that I'm gonna get super fucking excited about on not election night because we're not gonna know any any election results on election no, night. No, I
1: haven't. You know, I think I think. <laughs> Because in California they start counting the ballots, the uh, mail in ballots immediately. One week. Uh, no, it's one week yeah. before. So they'll, they'll, most of those, okay, so most of those will be counted yes. by the time the results come in. Or the yes. by the time like like polls officially close. So, so I think in most races, I think in most local races, we will have a close to definitive answer. Um I know we've seen things change dramatically later in the game in yep. a lot of the in a lot of the city council races but i think we're going to see a lot more voters in in um in 2016 we saw 74 percent of registered voters show up to vote 60 percent of everyone eligible which isn't a bad number and i think this year we're going to see around that number again so i i think we're going to see a, a bit of a trickle down effect uh down ballot um and i i yeah, I, I'm. I think there's going to be some blowouts, and I think uh, I also think there's going to be some relatively close ones.
0: Yeah. Um. I'm, and the
1: relatively close ones, unfortunately, I think are going to be between people that we don't really care about. Like, I don't think the important races are going to be nail biters. Correct.
0: But so I'm. I'm really hoping that we get information about the DA race and about Measure J on election
1: night, and I'm pretty confident yeah. that we will. Um I mean, I here's what I'll say about the DA's race, just <laughs> just to prognosticate. Garcetti would not have yanked his, because he didn't just yank his endorsement Correct. from yep. Lacey. Yep. He switched his endorsement to Gascon. Yep. And Garcetti is a political beast. And there is no way that he would have switched that endorsement. There's no public polling in the, the DA's race. Nobody's nobody's paying for that. Nobody really cares about it on a national level. Like Nobody's paying for that research to be done. But I bet they've got internal polling. That is showing Gascone winning that one pretty commandingly. And they're like, get out while you can. Yep. <laughs> so far, there's only a couple of people hanging to that sinking ship. And really? one of them is David Rue, who we're I'm gonna talk to about in a yeah, in a little bit. Um, but let's move on and let's talk about the other weekly horrendous bullshit that happened this week because LA is a sacrifice zone. you live in a sacrifice zone? I live in a sacrifice zone to all to varying degrees. Like if you live in Wilmington, like that's a lot worse than where I live, even though I'm, you know, spitting distance to the 10. Um, But Exide was a plant uh, that recycled batteries down in uh, Vernon in South LA. Vernon being sort of a um, little... Fake them city. for corporations that yeah. was uh, carved out so they could pollute and violate labor laws. And it's basically a fake city. If you saw uh, True Detective Season 2 and hated it as much as everyone else, but were like, <laughs> oh, this city sounds vaguely familiar, that city was pretty much Vernon. Um, but let's talk about Exide. Let's also talk about, as we go through this, let's keep uh. in mind, Javier Sarah you know, spent a lot of time bitching about the GOP, but no time bitching about Exide. Correct. And like what the the GOP is doing is like bullshit and sucks. What Exide has done is poison a neighborhood full of families for generations to come and been giving a slap on the wrist and told it's cool. You don't have to clean up the rest of it or even or even count how much there is to clean up like they, yeah uh, you know, Chris, stop me before I yell too much. You know, I, I'll take it away from here. So uh,
0: Tony Barboza in the L.A. Times published this October 16th, quote, a bankruptcy court ruled Friday that Exide Technologies may abandon its shuttered battery f- recycling plant in Vernon, leaving a massive cleanup of lead and other toxic pollutants at the site and in surrounding neighborhoods to California taxpayers. The decision by Chief Judge Christopher Sanchi of the U.S. Bankruptcy Court District of Delaware Made over the objections of California officials and community members, marks the latest chapter in a decades-long history of government failures to protect the public from brain-damaging lead, cancer-causing arsenic, and other pollutants from the facility. Holy shit. The plan's confirmation... I'll, let me keep going. The plans no, confirmation only deepens a fiasco that has subjected working class Latino communities across southeast Los Angeles County to chronic and dangerous levels of soil contamination and made the area a symbol of environmental injustice. Uh,
1: go ahead and rant yeah. A so bit. when they when they were first talking about cleaning up Exide, like they went in and they cleaned up the houses and they checked the inside of the houses to see like how lead contaminated they were, which a lot of them were because you know that shit gets around and then what they didn't do was test anyone's soil and then when they came back years later and tested again they found like everybody going in and out and the animals going in and out the kids going in and out like all of that was contaminated like all the soil that was being carried into the house was also contaminated with lead thus recontaminating everything around it and like lead is fun because it binds to the receptors in your brain in a way that it looks like it's something useful, but it ends up blocking all of the receptors because it's just dead. It's just like, it's just completely inert and it can literally drive you insane like leaded gasoline. When um, um, Standard Oil first developed it, Mm -hmm. their original processing plant was like called the Madhouse or the Asylum because people people who worked there, it was a, yeah, it was a satellite plant from their main plant and the people who worked there had a a habit of going insane. And they literally fought tooth and nail to stop that from coming out and having that be banned. And like, it's such a terrible story. Like the story of getting lead banned in America is one of the most frustrating and terrible things. Uh Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson That's actually has a really good, good bit on it. It's really good. It's the most concise, kind of like interesting one I've seen, but it's a terrible fucking story. But anyways, uh, Exide here has caused countless, like, damages and harms to families from developmental disabilities to cancers to all sorts of probably unnecessary and untimely deaths that they will never, ever have to fucking pay for. And the state of California, like, literally could have gone after them and taken them to the mat and made them do that. And the state of California decided, no, the bank doesn't want to make them clean that up because the bank would like a better return on its loan and would like to get back, you know, three and a half cents on the dollar, dollar instead of two and a half cents on the dollar because that really fucking matters to the shareholders. Um, so yeah, that was that was cool. And uh, this is just, again, the state of California and the city of LA just absolutely failing the yeah. people that live here. Um, you know, and cities so, like Vernon and commerce and industry should all be wiped off the fucking map. Not like physically, the, just yeah. like designation as sovereign entities <laughs> in a legal sense should be absolutely done away with. Yeah. They're just nothing but capitalist blight on our city that are literally harming everyone. If you have ever read by rode by the rendering plant in Vernon on a bike or even in a car, like you can't, you know, when you're by the rendering plant, like you may not know exactly. You didn't see it with your eyes when you drove by it, but like you knew it. And like that stuff's getting into everyone's air.
0: Yeah. I mean, we need to absolutely dissolve those cities and, uh, you know, forcefully bring them back into the city of Los Angeles proper and prosecute the ever loving shit out of everyone who ran those cities. Uh, and do a lot of investigations into the uh, financial crimes and environmental catastrophes that they all uh, aided and abetted. Um, Continuing from the article from the L.A. Times, UCLA law professor Lynn uh, Lopocky, who directs a database of big bankruptcy cases, said California lawmakers are ultimately to blame for the state having, quote, basically no legal rights to recoup funds for the cleanup through the bankruptcy. That's because California law puts environmental obligations behind a host of secured creditors, he said. That's in contrast to a growing number of states, including New York, New Jersey, and Michigan, that have adopted laws that give first priority to environmental liens for the cleanup of hazardous waste. Quote, if that were true here, then Exide would pay for the cleanup and the creditors would get what was left, Lepucky said. There would be an understanding that if you mess it up, you have to pay to clean it up. The state legislature cannot fix the current predicament with XIDE, he said. Quote, but they can prevent this from happening in the next case, and they're not doing that. And no, they're not going to. Like, so uh, a while ago, I was running for the state assembly. Like, that feels like it was forever and a year yeah. ago. Um, I remember digging into the information about what the fuck had happened with XIDE. Yeah. And seeing the, like, performative bullshit coming out of like Miguel Santiago and Wendy Carrillo's offices, because both of them share overlapping, well, not overlapping, obviously, but they share sections of this, uh,
1: hellish little, you know, explosion Yeah, they share, they, they share Exide. sections of, yeah, well, they share sections of Vernon Yeah, and also like and the pollution alive. from X side. Well, and the, the pollution from X side spread over a huge area.
0: Yeah, so they, the, the cleanup zone, as it were, uh, the way that the, the California Department of Toxic Substances Control terms the cleanup zone, uh, is something like a mile and a half to a two mile radius, depending, uh, going up to the 60 from Exide, which is just north of the LA River. Um, and this is the area, basically, the 65, 710 and 10 interchange region. Um, And it is, you know, Vernon, Maywood, Boyle Heights, parts of East L.A. Like, that's all in there. And it's an absolute clusterfuck. And seeing Miguel Santiago, seeing Wendy Carrillo both, like, showing up, putting on the bunny suits and, like, acting like they give a shit. uh, And then proceeding to not do anything uh, to protect these constituents of theirs is just... I, I literally well, don't know what Exide, the fuck to say. But also,
1: but but Exide also donated a lot of money, and so does oh, the yeah, oil yeah. industry, and they're very linked. Like all of these very polluting industries have have bought their clearance. Oh, for sure. Um, it, it it sucks that this is the wrap up for Exide. Like this has been a more than decades long fight to get this cleaned up, and it sucks that the state and the court, in the interest of 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 justice, um, told the people of South LA and East LA to go fuck themselves. Um, so let's, uh, let's turn to something that's, this is going to be a little bit fun actually, and we're not, like we're not going to blow by blow this one because no. there's no reason to blow by blow by blow this one, but like, you know, and we're not going to like, we're not going to go like super negative on, on Davy here either, because like it, A, doesn't get us anywhere and B, we don't really need to play that game. Like you don't really need to accept your opponent's framing in any sort of thing. But I do want to talk about this because it's an interesting microcosm on L.A. politics. And so we talked about this a little bit last week, but uh, David Rue has a close relationship with, uh, shit, what was her name again, man? Oh, um, the mailer lady?
0: Yeah. Janelle something or other, I think. I'm forgetting, honestly. (sighs) You want to look it up? Look it up. Go go go. The queen yeah. of the queen of corrupt uh, political mailers. Um, yeah, wait.
1: It was on our. It was on our last episode, right? I
0: I know. You guys go find the the script from last week. But the uh, the point here is that no, it's not on our script from last
1: week. Wait, what? How did a I... script from last week is so anemic? It's oh, so small. Shit. Okay. Well, it's in Mike Dickerson's uh, tweet timeline. Uh, anyways. Rue is very connected to this woman who makes a lot of money putting out those fake slate mailers and we don't really need her name right now, but she's also endorsed Rue and she was Mitch's campaign manager in a previous election cycle. Yes. Since the, since last week sort of ended the Rue campaign uh, for reasons unbeknownst to anyone has decided to go on the war path. And we talked about this last week uh, that they specifically mentioned ground game, Los Angeles and Uh, The Democratic Socialists of America, Los Angeles. And it's been a weird one because those attacks have continued, Um, including today an attack on our police rhetoric, which is like a weird one because, you know, CD 4 voted for Warren and Bernie. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, there was that one that, too, but there was a different one where Rue specifically shared tweets in a mailer from uh, both DSA and Ground Game LA, and he misquoted it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was really dumb. Well, no, that was a that was a different one. That was uh, a different attack tweet. Um, but these are just screenshots oh, of like, yeah. you know, La like, tweets. So like, yeah. and we, we said, abolish the police. We say it a lot. Yeah. Like we, we literally call each other up and randomly just like repeat that hey, to each other because you know, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but Ru has decided like his campaign has decided that the way that they get out of this is by demonizing small community groups and by attacking people who are active in the district and people who are the constituents that politicians talk about wanting, but don't actually want. Right. Like politicians, when they stand up and say, I want civic engagement, they don't mean they want civic engagement. They they mean they want you to vote for them and they want you to shut the fuck up. Yep. And so somebody like Nithia that started out with engagement and then built on that is kind of kryptonite. Because when you have two politicians, like when you have Grace Hugh and Mark Ridley Thomas going up against each other, <laughs> Mark Ridley Thomas is going to win that one. Any yeah. given Sunday, Mark yeah, yeah. Ridley Thomas is going to win that one. Why? Because he can afford to buy more ads, which get more eyeballs. He's got more name recognition. And God damn it, he knows how to campaign better. He's yeah. done it a bunch of times. Grace U, there's nobody out there pounding the pavement for Grace U. I've been walking around in Culver City when it's like 95 to 100 degrees out in the middle of the day, just dropping postcards on people's doors. Like, I don't even get to talk to people because of the pandemic. Yep. Nobody's doing that for Grace U, for Mark Ridley Thomas, for David Rue. Like, those people aren't engaged on that side of the fight. Those people are engaged on our side. And so you can't really beat them. Like all of the regular tactics of like just outmail your opponent. Mm-hmm. You don't really buy TV ads for, an ad for a race this local because you can't target it that well. Correct. So you turn to kind of social media. But the social media bubbles begin to eat into each other. And people who are interested in District 4 are going to see more Nithia content because it's getting talked about more. It's hitting the little <laughs> checkbox the algorithm needs to be like, oh shit, this is popular. Like Ryan fucking Johnson the, the uh, director of now the best Star Wars movie ever. It is now The Last Jedi, and you all just have to accept that. It's canon. I don't care about your death threats. It's The Last Jedi. But he tweeted to his millions of followers, hey, this is Nithya Roman, and she kicks ass. When, when one of these uh, uh, attack ads came out, and it was an attack ad that accused Nithya of taking money from developers and from fossil fuel industries, Nithya responded in a way that was not an attack ad, but was an explainer in why this is bullshit. And, uh, I think when I last saw it, Rue's video had like a thousand or something views. It may have gone up since then. It's gotten a little bit of press because the people, people City watch Council this. Dumped
0: video. Like 400 fucking views on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> I at, Take least at least shot. they're a screenshot. Don't share the tweet. <laughs> they're excitable. They're excitable. But, um, <laughs> Nithya's video so far has 350,000 views. Yep. That is more people than live in her district. Correct. This is obviously getting more than just, like, local attention, which is a really amazing thing for what has previously been a very small, very not nationally important thing, oh, despite oh. the fact that L.A. is the second largest fucking city in the nation, yep. has the second largest budget in the fucking nation. Yep. You know, and that's what i getting to the county, which, like, Correct. that's, again— another like double of the budget of the city of Los- of Los Angeles. Yep. But now we're getting people like Hillary Clinton paying attention to our races, or at least, you know, paying enough attention for the assistant to be like, David Rue says he needs you to bail him out by endorsing him. And Hillary Clinton <laughs> be like, scared out of her stupor to be like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Did the check clear. And that's how that works. <laughs> and so like, when we have Bernie endorsing, like, Nithia and then we have these weird late-minute endorsements coming in from, like, really big establishment people who have never given a flying fuck Nancy about the district. fucking Pelosi? Yeah. People who do not care and have no connection to the district. You know that the, the campaign is getting... Desperate, which I think is a really, really good sign. I'm sure they have internal polling that is showing that the things aren't working. And I'm sure that they found in their internal polling that going negative on people like us gets them more purchase with the conservative people who are more likely to break for Rue to begin with.
0: But they make up like 15-20% of the district. they
1: decided to chase the more reliable minority yeah. of voters in their district, which yeah. I would argue is conservative Democrats. At the expense of giving up the progressives and their network of friends. Even people who are on the fence in CD4 probably have somebody who says, vote for fucking Nithia. Like, this is a race that LA hasn't seen in a while and is going to see a hell of a lot more of. Like, we think this is weird. Wait until we've done it, you know, in eight other districts at the same time, because that's what the plan is as we go forward. And that's the way they should work every don't, time. Don't tell everyone our secret plans and
0: machinations.
1: <laughs> Oh, that's always been the plan we've never <laughs> kept that plan. The plan is to literally overturn city council like to Woo-hoo! overrun them with the candidates so we're gonna we're gonna do that um you know oh, not, the, really, the... like, not really like not laser on the moon super villainy but anyways <laughs> what i was wait, gonna wait. say
0: was, really really quick renee renee try, nahum is the, way... the
1: name. okay cool renee nahum i knew i i i knew it was renee or karen i couldn't remember what. <laughs> but the way Nithya responded here is really like the model for the way that the progressive movement yes. can't have to go in this. Yes. And this is the way the campaigning has to be done. Like there is a going negative in this race. There is talking about how the policies that have been supported by the incumbent have resulted in worse outcomes and in ways that are provably bad. And that's yep. why they need to be replaced without attacking them personally, yes. even when there is plenty of ground on which to attack someone personally. But this is the kind of competent response that is very much like, there's two ways to meet an opposing force. You can either go head on into it or you can spin around it and deflect that energy. And this is Nithya doing that and redirecting that energy. So it spins off in a harmless direction because ultimately the only damage that this can do is if she meets it head on and tries to punch back and then they both look bad and the waters get muddied. This is a, a brilliant response. So let's let's watch this. It's only a minute and a half long, so we'll just play it.
2: Hi everybody, it's Nithya. I wanted to share some exciting news with you. This week we had our very first attack ad, which means that we must be doing something right in this campaign. The ad is completely false, but I do want to walk you through the process of how we keep conflicted money out of our campaign. So let's talk about the process that we use. Let's look at this one donation. That is from one employee of a fossil fuel company called Standard. And so every time we do our quarterly reports, we look at every individual who has given us a donation to make sure that they're not involved with businesses that might be trying to seek influence at City Hall. And when we find those conflicts or those... Oh, come on. Hold up. And when we find those conflicts or those potential conflicts, we give that money back, even before we do the reports to the city. With every single one of these, we caught those potential conflicts of interest and return that money even before we file that report with the city. Why do we think that this is so important to be doing? LA city politics has been awash in special interest money for its entire history. The man we're running against has raised money from over 200 corporations and PACs, hundreds of thousands of dollars from companies that are doing business in the city that seek to influence his decision-making and the decision-making of the entire city council. That is a problem. We wanted to show in this campaign that we could do something completely different, that we could build a campaign that was funded purely by people who wanted to make the city a better place for residents. And that's exactly what we've done.
0: Oh, God, I love her so much. <laughs> Nithya, come save me in my district. It's all right. I I've got, I now have the council member with the best hair in city council. Uh, well, Nithya.
1: There- now Kevin DeLeon is seated, which it took a really long time, and there was no excuse for it taking that long. It was really stupid. Um, I really don't know why Nuri waited. Like, it makes zero fucking sense. There was really important (laughs) shit happening. And, like, I'm not Kevin DeLeon's biggest fan, but he really wants to move to the left. Like, he, from my experience watching him speak at Sunrise events, from my experience just kind of watching his trajectory since his failed Senate run – is that he thinks that the left is the future for the party in California, especially. And he's not wrong about that, but he's a little bit more cynical about it. So he definitely wants to, you know, be a politician and get elected. But if he's somebody we get onto council, if he's somebody we have on council and we see council beginning to make shuffles to the left and we see people like Bonin looking for cover, hey, guess what? Like, you know, Suddenly, like, we we have a, a KDL, we have a Bonin, and we have a Nithia on the council, and that's a, a solid voting block, right? Yeah, like, that's is. a very solid voting block. If you have a vote that is, like, split down the middle, that can decide between, like, a landslide against you or a landslide for you, and that really is going to matter as we move into this more divided council because Wesson's not going to be there to regulate and make sure everything is 15 to 0 over and over and over again. And I also think as city council has, um, and I really do mean this, but as city council has, I think, gotten more prominent in a lot of people's minds, Mm -hmm. and especially in LA, as people have begun to understand that like, the root of so many of our problems and the reasons LA is the way it is is because of city council, and the city council members have gotten more name recognition, and a lot of that is because activists are like, this is their effing name. But we're seeing people- but we're seeing people move there because they see it as a position that's prestigious and a way to like move up even further. Like for, for Kevin DeLeon going from the state assembly to state uh, the city council, oh, sorry, state senate. Well, he was also in the assembly.
0: Y- yes, but he was we president pro tem.
1: Uh, yeah, going from the, the state legis- legislature writ large to city council, isn't a step down for him. In many ways, it's a step up in terms of salary, in terms of power, in terms of like the slush fund he gets to play around with. And if he makes the next step to mayor, that's an even bigger step up. And so I think we're beginning to like see LA's political machine begin to understand that there's a lot to be gained here by running competitive, interesting candidates and elections. At the same time, they're going to want to co-opt that. And that's something that we're seeing in, democratic spaces, especially well-funded democratic spaces like NextGen, where they really want that organizer activist energy, they're never going to capture it. So like the next kind of uphill battle we have is to beat the establishment at consolidating power within like the younger motivated base. Like we yes. can't have a bunch of like young Joe Biden wannabes <laughs> running around out there. Like we can't have a bunch of like think the Obama legacy of selling out is what organizing is about. Yeah. right so like that's oh, i you, think like sort of, just act <laughs> strategically here and just kind of going off for a minute that that's sort of like the response to someone like Nithia on council isn't someone like buscaino the response no. to nithya is someone like kdl and so that's why kdl is a friend and a foe is kdl yeah. like he wants to move left but only insofar as it gets him closer to the next step
0: yeah i'm actually like, wondering. Hour, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do Do you think he's going to – I mean, everyone says he's going to run for mayor, but I'm I'm actually kind of wondering if he's going to run for the Senate again.
1: I mean, he could. I, I think it will depend, but it's also like uh, – That's what know, he's it, out, LA, though. Well, here's the thing. L.A. City Council until recently has been more a place where political careers go to end than to begin. It's a place where a lot of the folks – well, even before – and before term limits especially, like yeah. people were – in those seats for like a long time, like insane amounts of time. But before... These current crop, and even like the people that passed their seats to like Garcetti and Bonin and those guys, were much older on average than our current crop of city council members, and that I think matters into it because we have people like Nuri. Yeah. When she finishes out it in, in um, you know, the the city council when she ter- terms out there, I think she's going to run for Congress. I think that's her next logical step. She's seeking national office, and I think that's what we're going to see more and more out of city council, which I think yeah. is a good thing if we have the right councils. If we have the right candidates like Nithia moving up to Congress and the Senate and bringing progressive movement building with them, it's going to suck if instead what we see is progressives replacing them at the local level and then having to wait a couple of cycles while the displaced establishment people get on that conveyor belt first. And that's where we're going to have to stop them. She's so. going to
0: hate you for mentioning that she needs to go run for national office after this. Um, just saying. Uh, I'm not – it's not like an obligation. I'm an anarchist. Like, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, let's let's go ahead and like uh, wrap some stuff up. So the, here's the
1: question for you, Bushido. Um, do we want to talk about oh, the – Here's the other thing I'm going to say yeah. uh, before we do wrap that up. Uh, thank you, David Rue, for running a marketing campaign for Ground Game. <laughs> uh, it's great. So much we can literally see it on our google analytics like every time you attack us like our website views go tick 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 um and so seeing as you're trying to position yourself as the bernie candidate and we got a picture of ourselves with bernie that is a, a it's a good idea keep doing that don't let anyone tell you it's a bad idea the ground game site if any of your advisors are like no stop that you say fuck you advisor and you fire them you send even more people to groundgamela.org. All right, now yeah. I'm done. And and then uh, hopefully they'll, they'll kick in
0: a little bit of support for Mutual Aid LA because that is most of what the content is up on that website. But, you know, uh, I guess you can you can say that we're –
1: If you have a war chest left over after this and you need somewhere to donate your money, I'm just going to say you can get a tax write-off by do- donating it to people organized for West Side Renewal. That is
0: very true. Uh, anyway, so the, before we, we wrap all this stuff up and talk about what's going on this week and other things going on, uh, do we want to save the, uh, save the, 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 Sam, the, um, London breed video, uh, for as just like a little, a little closing out thing or do you want to sure. play it now and talk about
1: it? No, you can just play it at the end. All right, we'll play it at the end.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, so uh, things coming up this week. Uh, I will once again be live tweeting on Tuesday and Wednesday because we still have more shit going on. Um, It's going to be a big week of City Council stuff. I'll I'll throw a bunch of shit up on the Twitter accounts and all that jazz as usual. Uh, Please tune in here, uh, twitch.tv slash groundgameLA and follow along at knock.LA on Twitter. Um, we will once again be having a very large uh, Jackie Lacey must-go weekly action happening outside of the Hall of Injustice. Uh, 211 West Temple is the address. It's really not hard to find because there's lots and lots and lots and lots of sheriffs with yep. blinking reds and blues on top.
1: And if you if you haven't filled out your ballot, uh, yeah, you take can it. take it. Yep. Yeah, and then you can fill it out and you can drop it off. It doesn't take that long depending on where you're voting. It's It's not... Um, not too many races. Uh, yeah. If you need help with that, the Knock uh, Voter Guide bit.ly Knock2020, either in all caps or not in all caps. <laughs> uh, and we're <laughs> like, we're getting coming. a lot of views on that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we're uh, we we're definitely uh, definitely getting a lot of eyeballs, and I'm excited to see that.
0: Yeah, it's well well, well beyond well beyond where we were in the primary uh, on election, or, you know, like right after yeah. election day. We we're we're past that already, which is fantastic. Uh, tell your friends, share it around. Um, but yes, please do. We also have a printable
1: zine, um, which you can print out and keep it. Jamie Loftus is so good. Yeah, it's really good. And also it just makes a nice shareable graphic. So we'll make sure to put that in the uh, description.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, again, but but as Bushido mentioned, bring your ballots, please. Uh, it's, it's much more helpful if you fill them out ahead of time. Uh, and you can do that as was mentioned by going to bit.ly slash knock 2020, get all the information you need, uh, fill that ballot out. Close it up, seal it off, uh, sign on it, and then uh, don't drop it off or put it in the mail if you still have it with you. Bring it with you on Wednesday, show up at the Hall of Injustice, and then we're going to do another march to another polling place and drop those ballots off because it's dope as hell to do. It feels really fucking good. Uh, Baba Akili loves to lead those marches, and he is a fucking force to be reckoned with.
1: so I, I forget where we were. Um I think it was I think it was Garcetti's house yeah, it was Garcetti's house. It was the yeah, early yeah. morning one. Um which was still like oh God, it's fun was... meeting up with people early in the morning in a mask when it's dark and everyone's <laughs> sleep deprived and you have no idea who the fuck anyone is. Uh and you just all kinda know you're like, No, no fucking undercover is getting his ass out of bed at three thirty in the morning to come <laughs> drop in on this. You know, we, we can yeah. trust each other here. Uh, but anyways, uh, Greg was talking in front of Garcetti's house, and he mentioned how old he was. I was like, "Holy shit, dude! You're putting me to shame." <laughs> you know, you and like you're like, he's like, "Yeah, young kids. I, you know, I used to have your energy." I'm like, "Dude, have you have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Have you, are you paying attention to how loud and vigorously you are yelling right now?" So, uh, yeah, no, he is he is uh, a force to be reckoned with, and he is absolutely amazing. We're very lucky to have him. Yes, so
0: please come uh, join us on Wednesday. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, I know where we're going to be marching. It's going to be great. Um, it was kind of fun. Last last week on Wednesday, when we did do the march, the sheriffs did clear out of the way. Uh, one of them did not. Eh, but most of them did. And the one that did not was just like, Definitely looking extremely uncomfortable when the car is completely surrounded by people pro- marching to the polls, which, you know, he can't do shit about that. Like, if, if the if the cops do anything to obstruct you while you're walking to the polls, like. Yeah,
1: well, like, well, and also like nobody did anything to his car. No. You know, <laughs> like everybody just walked by it because yeah. they're like, we're going to chew at the polls. We, we all voted yes on Jay. Go fuck yourself.
0: Exactly. So, uh, as always, we've got our ground game meetings on Thursday. Uh, they're up on zoom. If you want to join in, we do a pre ground game meeting meeting where you can talk, uh, to people and get a a sense of what the meeting is like at seven o'clock. Uh, any information about how to join in on those calls, just hit us up on Twitter. We're not hard to find. Uh, let me pull up the volunteer information because we are running out of time and we need you all to volunteer any and every yeah, bit yeah. of energy you've got left in you. Uh volunteer for Nithia, Nithia for dot com slash sign up, Fatima for FatimaforAssembly.com. Godfrey over at GodfreyforAssembly.com. It's like they found a pattern that works and they're sticking with it.
1: Uh yeah. And I'm also I am also gonna say, you know, if you do get the chance, if you wanna uh, uh, do a more national race, uh David Kim in uh Congressional District 34. Could definitely use some help. Uh, Angelica Duenas, who is going up against uh, Tony Cardenas, could definitely use some help. Yep. Uh, there's some some other good races around here. These are the three that we've uh, endorsed that we're really pulling for. Nithya sort of like... Nithya being the most important because she is the proof of concept of our ground game model. Like, this is what has been built by many, many hands and many, many voices and many, many minds since uh, the original run for Mitch's seat in 2017. And so this is a, a really important one. Whether we do it or we don't do it, uh, things aren't going to be the same for movement politics in L.A. after this.
0: Absolutely correct um all right and then as always if y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part in publicizing or just being made aware of please send us a message you can reach us through the ground game la facebook page you can find us on twitter and on instagram at ground game la uh you can reach bushido at bushido squirrel you can reach me at christopher roth over on twitter uh we don't bite we're cool uh, this this podcast every ground game podcast is a production of knock.la support our work over on patreon at patreon.com slash knock underscore la you uh, got also, really cool stuff on
1: patreon now I was gonna say so you, got, should definitely, you should definitely go to uh, patreon and get yourself some knock swag we
0: got some swag and it's dope as fuck and I need to go get one of those masks
1: hey we have we have 90 patrons yes yeah, yeah it's so almost God. 800 bucks a month that's really cool that's so, honestly yeah, exciting like, <laughs> this is so much better than what we were at like
0: not that long ago
1: um and like you know one of one of our more popular levels is the one three one two so it's thirteen dollars and twelve cents a month
0: oh i can't imagine why that would be <clears throat> but you can check the description of this website for sources and links to X and social media links and on a completely and utterly unrelated note Let's take a yeah. video from Chad Loader uh, that he uploaded to Twitter, and we're going to close out on this shit because it's fun. Yeah, so hilarious. this is for,
1: for context the Proud Boys and other. Uh, dullards of of various degrees or varying degrees got together in uh, San Francisco to get together and be stupid in each other's proximity for a bit and the people who actually live in San Francisco were like, no, fuck you, get out and the Proud Boys were like, yes, we're sorry and had to be escorted out by the cops so uh, this is some footage of that and it's pretty hilarious the public <laughs> why because they were they were bragging that they got a police escort like that was the whole uh, thing was yeah, like the police up. escorted us out and it was weird because they're trying to frame it as uh antifa is violent and violent leftists chased us out of san francisco when We were are just there to be peaceful when every single one of them is wearing a helmet and like some sort of body armor like that woman who gets out of the van and then like runs in a panic but in that way like oh no i if i just run like this people won't know how absolutely panicked i am but i'm absolutely terrified like i'm i'm gonna run but i have to pretend i'm not completely scared shitless right now she's wearing a kevlar ballistic helmet and a plate carrier like they're wearing body armor and bulletproof helmets. And they're like, we're the peaceful ones. We just all rolled up to San Francisco from fucking Washington state in all of our body armor. It was just what I had on when we decided to leave. It's just, you know, it just happened to be like there." This. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, you know, thank you, Chad, for, uh, for putting that, uh, putting that soundtrack on there. That was perfect. Uh, proud boys suck and they can fuck off. And, uh, I think that's our closing thought. Thank you much. Have yourselves a great week. Yep. Take care of yourselves out there. Stay safe. Wear your fucking masks. I mean,
0: everyone that listens to this already does, but tell your friends. Wear the masks. Yeah. Peace.